0: The FT.
1: Iraq's army has launched a major offensive to capture an ISIS stronghold northwest of the capital, Baghdad. It's attempting to clear Islamic State fighters from Salahuddin province and the city of Tikrit, hometown of the former dictator Saddam Hussein. I'm Fiona Simon and on the line with me is our Middle East correspondent Bozu Daragahi. Hi Bozu. Is this the Iraqi army's most ambitious offensive against ISIS forces to date?
0: We don't know that yet. Listeners may recall that the Iraqi forces have already cleared Diyala province, which is to the northeast of Baghdad, just to the east of Salahdin province on the other side of the Tigris River. They did that in January, completing a weeks-long, months-long effort, really, to uh, uh, remove the ISIS fighters as well as their allies from Diyala province. In some ways, perhaps Salahuddin is more ambitious. Diyala is a mixed province that includes quite a number of Sunni, as well as significant numbers of Shia and Kurds. Salahuddin is almost exclusively Sunni, except for a few urban centers, Dujail and uh, Salahuddin, but it contains two very important sites. One is the shrine complex at the city of Samarra, which is revered by Shia, which is already under government control. And the other is the Beji oil refinery to the north of uh, Salahuddin province. These two very important facilities are in the province of Salahuddin and they are very critical to the government even though they're in mostly Sunni areas.
1: Tell us what's happening on the ground and who is taking part.
0: What we're seeing in videos posted to the Internet and hearing from people that we're speaking to in the country is that for now, you see lots of military vehicles moving into position. They're apparently launching a three-front assault on the city of Tikrit from the south, from the east, and from other parts near Tikrit. And they're firing artillery at various targets, apparently attempting to dislodge or discourage those fighters who are still in Tikrit from uh, fighting. These are sort of warning shots. And what we probably will see at some point is them attempting to move into Tikrit. Now, this is an extremely dangerous operation to move into Tikrit. Why? Because the Islamic State fighters are very adept at booby-trapping everything. They are really ingenious in setting up improvised explosive devices that kill many people, kill many soldiers as they're advancing. So this will be a very cautious advance. In terms of who's taking part in the offensive, you have a number of different armed units. First of all, of course, is the Iraqi army, and they are acting under the banner of the Baghdad uh, central government. You also have some interior ministry forces uh, probably some Interior ministry special forces as well, although i 'm not clear on that, and then you have most controversially, perhaps Shia militiamen, primarily the Badr Brigade. This is led by Hadi Amri, who was a member of parliament and a rather controversial figure who spent many years in Iran. The Badr Brigade was formed by Iran in the early years of the iran Iraq war in the 1980s and they are pretty much considered one of the most effective fighting forces in Iraq. They played a huge role in the cleansing of Diyala province, as well as parts south of Baghdad. And they're playing a lead role in this effort. And as a matter of fact, Qasem Soleimani, who is the Iranian commander of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps' foreign operations division, has been confirmed to be on the outskirts of Tikrit, uh, taking part in this battle as of Saturday night. And then you have what's called the popular surge. These are volunteers, mostly overwhelmingly Shia young men from southern Iraq who have heeded the call of their religious clergy to take part in this effort to fight ISIS, to push them out of Iraq. And then you have Sunni fighters from the Jaburi tribe, which has long been hostile to the uh, ISIS and al-Qaeda and so on, Uh, This is a tribe that's been fairly moderate and always rather close to the central government in Baghdad, even the Shia-dominated government in Baghdad, even though they are Sunni themselves. So those are essentially the four components that are taking part in this battle.
1: That's interesting. So in a way, it could be seen as a test of the government's ability to bring together the different communities in the country to fight ISIS.
0: I think it's more a test of the armed forces' behavior once they take over an area that's overwhelmingly Sunni, will they be gracious and magnanimous and allow the Sunni civilians to return to their homes? Or will they, as I saw in Diala province when I was there last year, go around and spray paint Daesh, that's the Arabic acronym for ISIS, on people's homes, essentially indicating that whoever lived here before has been ID'd as a ISIS supporter and is not allowed to come back to their homes? We have seen also in the south of Baghdad, entire areas depopulated. These were once Sunni areas where essentially they're saying for now no one is going to come back. The message is all Sunni are Daesh, all Sunni are ISIS, and you are not to come back here because we don't trust you and we don't trust your sons. If they do that in salahuddin province, that's going to send a really shocking message to other parts of Iraq, including uh, Mosul in Nineveh province, which is under ISIS control, and especially to Anbar province, which is, you know, a a real contested area uh, where you have some very brave Sunni fighters, Sunni men, uh, who are still fighting against ISIS in parts of Anbar province. What message it will send to them if once this area is cleared, they're not allowed to come back to their homes?
1: What are the risks entailed in this operation?
0: Well, I think, you know, there's sort of a short-term risk that the uh, Iraqi army and allied militias and volunteer forces and tribesmen will fail um, or uh, suffer a lot of casualties, and that will deliver a black eye to the Iraqi government and make them look weak to ISIS and their supporters, and that's a sort of short-term risk. But I think that maybe the bigger long-term risk is that Iraq's government— and its armed forces appear even more sectarian than they already appear. That in Iraqi armed forces that's already dominated by Shia, uh, that already waves uh, uh, Shia symbols as it goes into battle, is perceived by Iraq's Sunni as well as regional Sunni as a blatantly sectarian force that will not give a fair shake to any of the country's Sunni, whether they support ISIS or not.
1: And if ISIS forces do lose, how will this affect their ability to consolidate their position elsewhere?
0: I think it delivers a tremendous loss to ISIS if they lose. This will cut off their ability to move uh, materiel and personnel easily from Mosul to Anbar province. It will cut them off. And then it will also set the stage for what Iraqi commanders say to me will either be an assault on Mosul, which is something that many people have been talking about, or an assault on Anbar province, an attempt to take Anbar province back from ISIS. It's largely under ISIS control. And, you know, this is a big problem because Anbar province is adjacent to Baghdad and makes a lot of people in Baghdad very nervous.
1: How long do you think it will be before we start to see results?
0: It depends, I think, on how much air support these ground forces are given. And I imagine not a lot of it will come from the uh, coalition air force because one of the things that the Americans and other allies are worried about is a perception that they will be an air force for a Shia militia. I think that there is a few incidents in which that perception came to light, especially in Diyala province and maybe perhaps in southern Baghdad. And I don't think they want a repeat of that in a place... As symbolically potent and religiously homogenous as Salahuddin. So I think that any air support will come from Iraqi helicopters and fighter jets. And I think if they get a lot of air support, it could be decisive. This is the one weakness that ISIS has. They don't have an air force.
1: Okay. Thank you very much, Bozu.
0: For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.
1: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
0: Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface.